Hello, Leanna. Hello, Ed. How are you? I am okay. Good. I, you know, uh, this is our last uh, show for uh, the year. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be back in the in the new year. And uh, you know what? I think I think I don't want to talk about anything too bloody serious. The year has been too serious. Too serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the? Where's the fun? been in this past year what's been fun barbie and barbenheimer that was right. fun but right what beyond that can you reach to and say this was a general thing that brought people smiles like nothing it's the year is just i remember when 2020 was ending and mm -hmm. everyone was like can't wait to see the end of 2020 you know, but, yeah, but that was, I mean, COVID, right? Well, yeah, but then 2021 was as bad or worse. Like, it's it, things are not, what the hell, man? Anyway, um, so are you going to go see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, the, the projections are horrendous. Uh, and... Well, yeah, I mean. I didn't. I didn't love the first one. Yeah, I know you didn't. And uh, yeah. the uh, Rotten Tomatoes last thing I saw was the audience score was 78%. The critic score was 36%. That's um, pretty low for uh, an audience it's, it's, score, it's though. extremely low. Uh, yeah. well, what's low? The audience score? Did yeah. But 78% yeah. isn't good? Well, no, because the audience score this early tends to be people who, unless it's getting review bombed because of Amber Heard, you know, the people who do audience scores this early tend to be the diehards. Well, uh, the they, reviews, you know, uh, there was one review in uh, a UK paper. Yeah. That was, it was art. It was. Oh, just, yeah. Oh, it's like, if you're going to go brutal, go brutal. It was I mean, hilarious. There was I gotta find where did I, I think I posted that on the on the Twitter thing. Um it I mean, was hilarious. They're basing it on a really, really grim Aquaman story. It's almost the same mistake they made with the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Nobody wanted to see that story. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know if this story ends the way the comic book story ended. Right. Um, I can't see it ending that. I don't know what we're talking about. In, in I, I, all, all bets are off after the baby in the microwave and the flash. Yeah. Well, those uh, who don't know what we're talking about in, in comic in the comics in like I, it was the seventies. Um, Aquaman and Mira had a baby, yeah. and Black Manta kidnapped the baby and put the baby in this um orb, uh, where it was it was air but no water. Right. And Aquaman had to fight Black Manta to save his kid. And in the end, he didn't. And the right. baby died of basically suffocation. Yeah. He didn't have water. I remember being a kid and reading that and thinking, what the hell is yeah. going on? You just killed a baby in a comic book. I mean, back in those days, there was no internet to make a, you know, to, to yeah. spread this around. Nothing to warn you. And I was, yep. I was like, wait, there's got to be another page, right? Where this doesn't turn out. Oh, the kid is actually dead. It's like, Who yep. the, what are they thinking? And there's a baby uh, you see in the trailer for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And everyone's yep. like, that baby better not die. And I'm thinking, come on. 
come on, who would kill a a baby in a in oh. a superhero movie? That's absurd. I don't know. I don't Subverting know. Subverting expectations, Ed. Well, no, expect, expectations. the expectations for this it was going to suck. So I, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel bad for Jason Momoa because obviously this was, you know, a career resurgence for him after people thought he couldn't read after Game of Thrones. But I don't know. I hope he goes on to other things. He'd be a great Lobo. But the interesting thing done. is that there was an article <laughs> Uh, which said that uh, or where he met with uh, Snyder about being in Batman versus Superman. He right. thought he was going to be Lobo. And uh, Snyder said, no, Aquaman. And and I was like, what do you wait? What would you say? Yeah, uh, it was, by the way, the Telegraph that right. uh, had this uh, this Aquaman review. And I'm trying to get to it. But somehow I could read it before on my phone. But... It got a certain amount of traffic and got paywalled. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what those publications do. I'm going to try another way in. Yeah. Let's see. Will this work? No, it will not work. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to blame him. It's a question of just how bad a bomb is it going to be? And I mean, it it was only projecting something like 35 to 40 million. Which, yikes. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that. I mean, that's. The, I think that's Flash, lower than uh, that's lower than Blue Beetle. I think the Flash made seventy million. It's open opening weekend, and it was considered a bomb. Let's see. Yeah, this is not gonna. This, I, I mean, this is gonna. This is gonna bomb. There's no question. It's gonna bomb. Everybody, you know, the the, the people are saying the that the good parts of the movie are just but stupid. Like the, right. there, there's like it's like a buddy comedy with with him and uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah, Blue Beetle as, uh, made uh, twenty five million, twenty five point four million over the weekend. But it started as a Marvel Max movie that, sorry, not Marvel Max, uh, HBO Max movie that um, grew. Yeah, the, right. One of the funny things was that I can remember from this review is is that uh, Aquaman's brother, uh, he joins his brother. Uh, Orm, and the review right. said, uh, Orm being what most people are saying as they're watching the movie. Orm? Orm? It, it was, I'm so sorry that they have blocked this because it was a bit of art how well they took apart the movie. And yeah, another thing that's, uh, and I, you know what? Do I, I, I kind of want to see it, but not necessarily. There's things in the theater I want to see. Yeah, like Godzilla. Oh, I really want to see Godzilla minus one. Godzilla, the boy in the heron, Wonka, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I want to see those. This, I mean, and the thing is, I know that if I wait to watch Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom uh, streaming at home, I'll probably never watch it. Really? Well, no, because it'd be okay. Let's see what's streaming. Uh, There's Aquaman, but there's probably other stuff too. (laughs) It's like, I. I but don't if know. it's free, you'll enjoy it more than if you spent money on it. Well, that's that's true. I mean, listen, this is the fumes of of the Snyderverse. This is like, uh, in, what's his name? Zach? Oh, I almost called him Greg Snyder. Who's Greg Snyder? Uh, yeah. Zach, Zach Ironically, Snyder. Ironically, yeah. Rebel Moon 
dropped on Netflix. Yeah, I want to get to that night. too. Yeah, I want to get to that too. So uh, this is like Zack Snyder farted up an elevator. The doors opened. He got out. And about 90 seconds later, the smell that's still in the elevator, that is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That's this is the end of his little experiment in in, in superhero moviedom. And people are I think a lot of people are uh, they're not burned out on superhero movies because some have done well. They're burned out on bad superhero movies. They're burned out on. I'm not going to go see a movie, any a superhero movie anymore, simply because it has the Marvel logo on. It used to be before we're going to a Marvel movie. Now it's like, no, no, what is the movie? Um, and I think definitely the same with the DCEU. Uh, there, you know, it's like, no, I'm not. Okay, first of all, I don't need to see this movie to continue to watch DC movies because this movie will have no effect on movies going forward. And if there's no real reason, like, why? Even though the first Aquaman was the most successful, financially, the most successful DCEU movie, $1.1 billion, um, I, I think people are like, yeah, okay, that was kind of amusing, but I don't I don't need to see it again. So I, I, I don't know. But interesting, you mentioned Rebel Moon, which is uh, Zack Snyder's attempt at building a, a Star Wars universe. And apparently it's more like Warhammer. Okay, I, I like Warhammer 40k. I, I know the name Warhammer 40k, and I know the cool little figures with their armor, but I don't know anything about Warhammer. It's it's very much Seven Samurai, the Magnificent Seven. Right, and, but the the like fascist organization is called the Imperium, and they are drawing a he- sort of uh, Habsburg Empire Nazi chic, which are both Warhammer did it first. All right. The uh, interesting thing to me is that, okay, so it's it's Seven Samurai in a, in a sense, right? Which, okay, a lot of movies have emulated Seven Samurai. Yep. And the uh, this is the thing that kills me. Two things the reviews have mentioned. One, mm-hmm. the overuse of slow-mo. But it's Zack is, Snyder. Which is, like, Zack Snyder... You did the slow-mo and people thought it was cool in the 300 movie. How many years ago was, was that? Cool. I didn't think it was cool. You know, both Watchmen and 300. I was like, too much slow-mo. Oh, Watchmen was much. crap. Um, like, too Watchmen much Watchmen was unwatchable. When everything is slow-mo, the slow-mo is not as effective. It's not as dramatic. So it's like, okay, dude. Do you have any other tricks up your sleeve or is everything freaking slow-mo? Like, do something, take a step, develop artistically, develop creatively. Don't just keep making the damned slow-mo. Subvert expectations. People expect the slow-mo. Don't give them so much damned slow-mo. And is is that wise though? Because I mean the the Snyder bros, or as as they call it, you know, some people call it the Snyder cult. They love that. So you give a little bit. Use it, as you pointed out, use it in moments of great drama. Don't use it so much that every review I've met, uh, met, hello, I'm a review. Every review I've read has said that it's too much slow-mo. And I'm pretty sure the sky is going to be dark with things like cornflakes falling out of it, like every one of his movies. But the other thing that to me is damning is they're comparing it to a movie made by Roger Corman 
uh, in the, it was, I think it was 1980, Battle Beyond the Stars. Really? Which was a riff on Seven Samurai. Star, for those of us old enough to remember, it, the, the hero was played by Richard Thomas, who at yeah. that time was only known for playing John Boy on the Waltons. And it had, it featured a spaceship that had a giant pair of boobs. Right. All right. It was a terrible, Which, terrible you know movie. And on be, Netflix, be, that's a perfect place for that kind of thing. Uh, you know, yeah, it almost it's almost like a Netflix, uh, made for Netflix movie ahead of its time. But uh, Battle Beyond the Stars was, it was awesome in its awfulness. Right. Uh, and people, and it's also, I mean, it's totally a forgotten movie, except for a few of us. And for the reviewers, for so many reviewers to be calling back to this forgotten, terrible, for those who don't know who Roger Corman is, Roger Corman is one of the most prolific filmmakers in Hollywood and most successful in that he didn't make movies that lost money. What he did was he made movies. If a movie came out called Jaws, he made a movie that came out called Teeth. And it was about a shark. Like he just, he followed trends, but made the movies cheap and people went to see them. So he became really known for jumping on trends and making cheap movies. Like uh, what's that place called? The Asylum now that does those movies? Um, our friend Adam knows that. But he's he was like the, and, and many, many filmmakers, like good filmmakers got their start working for Roger Corman. So he made Battle Beyond the Stars as a response to Star Wars, but cheap, cheap, cheap. So to have something as expensive as Rebel Moon on Netflix being compared to this cheapie from like 1980. Wow, good job. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, because I mean, if it's intentionally bad. It's not. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? That if if he was deliberately making like the, the Robert Rodriguez, Ben Affleck, uh, hypnotic they didn't have any money so they went down swinging and it was actually a lot of fun if you know oh my god that movies. movie for those who don't know what Leanna's re referencing there is a movie on netflix called hypnotic and right away i saw i said oh ben affleck's in it and we've never heard of it this is going to be a great piece of crap and it yeah. was it tell them the backstory well okay they were going to make this big budget kind of, in, I don't know, inspired by Inception kind of thing. But then COVID hit. And so they're like, all right, we'll just cash out the insurance. We can't make this movie. And the insurance company refused to pay because they're like, no, COVID protocols. You can make this movie. So they had huge cost overruns. And so they had to make a movie with no money to make a movie. And so they made this which was just deliberately, we can't make a good movie, so we're going to make the best bad movie we can possibly make. And, and yeah, if you're going to make a, a a bad movie, Ben Affleck in it, Sad Fleck, is so good. So it was, I mean, I was laughing. I was yeah, laughing. it was enjoyable. Well, remember I said to you, um, we were watching together, and I said, uh, I hope the ending is an is an epic piece of crap. Well, I does, predicted and, the ending in the first fifteen minutes. Like, well, the ending the was no kind of disappointment. Movie. It no. was so bad, but it was beautiful. It was delicious. It was yeah. so horrible. Uh, yeah. Hypnotic, but uh, yeah. uh, I mean, Snyder 
made a lot of money for himself with this rebel moon. He was hoping to start a whole new, you know, like I said, uh, his own Star Wars universe. And it's apparently which, in two parts. Which I honestly think that that is part of what the Snyder bros love and everyone else can't stand about Zack Snyder is that if you're making a Netflix series, go in humble, right? Like, Oh, he doesn't know that word. We just want people to have fun. It's Netflix. It's something people are going to walk in their home, their homes. We want it to be, you know, make sense of the medium. No, he's going out there and he's telling the media, I want to make a trilogy of sequels. There is a whole world. And it's like, Dude, you're setting expectations all wrong, you know? And I read uh, a couple of reviews that said, you know what? I can't review this until I've watched part two. They, yeah. you know, they, they said, I, this, this is half a story. I can't review the whole thing until I've seen part two, which tells you that part one leaves you very unsatisfied. Well, yeah, and with a new IP, you have to kind of catch people on part one. I, I don't know why these streaming services throw money at these things. I it, think this is the last time we're going to see a movie uh, of this cost produced you know by uh, Netflix. They're pulling back, you know, because they're because these well, movies are not doing as well writers, as they hope. Right? What? Now they have to pay writers. So yeah. they're pulling back because of the strike. Now, oh God, we actually have to make things that aren't exploiting people. Whatever shall we do? Well, the other thing about paying writers is that Marvel has now realized, you know what we should be doing? We should be having uh, people write our movies uh, before we start shooting them. Now, it's not uncommon. In fact, it's fairly common for yeah. blockbusters that uh, the scripts are changed on the set uh, day of shooting. It's not uncommon, but the Marvel, I think, got a little too big for its britches. They, and, they tried to Marvel method TV production. Yeah, and they started to realize that, look, we're, we're it's diminishing returns. The audience said this is diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, we're being compelled to watch this series on uh, Disney because if we don't, we won't understand the next movie in the theater. And, you know, for those who don't read comic books, <clears throat> this is something that has really impaired and killed comic book readership is that uh, you would, let's just say you're reading a Batman title, okay? Yeah. Detective comics. Yeah. Um, and every month you read detective comics and there's your Batman story and it continues issue to issue. Right. Then they would have a big event. Yeah. Um, that was the entire DC universe that included Hawkman or any other characters you're not interested in. But if you didn't buy the Hawkman comic, then you wouldn't understand the next detective comic. So you were compelled to buy all these titles to follow the the big over overarching story that you weren't interested in. And people are like, you know what? To hell with you and your events. And I think that's sort of like with Marvel, people are saying, all right, it was fun for a while. Uh, you've, you've exhausted our loyalty. Can you give us something really good? And and the unfortunate thing is the Marvels was fun. and The Marvels I, was fun, and I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I, I thought that was a, an extremely entertaining and inventive 
movie. Yes. The expectations were just so sky high for that one. Well, also, I mean, Ant-Man, the previous two were much quieter, smaller, less ambitious movies. And they were great, too. And this was a departure from that. But it was, I found it great. I was absorbed by it. I loved the universe that they created in, in the microverse. Well, they're not allowed to call it the microverse, but that's what it right. was. Um, there, uh, I thought it was really, really entertaining. Um, but then again, but people didn't <clears throat> go in expecting entertaining, and that's what is so strange to me. They were expecting Empire Strikes Back. Well, yeah, they were expecting Ant-Man to die. Yeah, they were expecting came uh, Kang to kill Ant-Man, and. I don't know why they expected that other than the big hype up where it was the introduction of Kang. And okay, now (laughs) we don't know what's happening with that character. So, and and isn't it awful that a guy got, okay, he was convicted of a misdemeanor, but all the talk around Jonathan Majors now is whether they're going to recast Kang or pivot to somebody like Dr. Doom instead of, the human reality of you know either he's an abusive boyfriend or it's been a gross miscarriage of justice it's all about oh what happens to the mcu now do we well, not see a problem here nobody i trace this back to uh reality tv specifically the kardashians and what that unve- uh, unveiled or unleashed it's messed up though you know what i mean oh it's terribly messed up because We've now we went from watching TV shows about fictional characters right. to watching TV shows about real human beings who are actually living fictional lives that it's being written. But yeah. we see that as we're watching their real lives. So people have stopped re- separating actors um, from characters. And so actors as human beings are uh, we're seen as characters now. So there's this. This 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 distance from them. There's almost yeah. a dehumanizing of them, and so people don't give a damn about actors as human beings anymore. They're just part of. They're just another piece of the entertainment landscape. Yeah, that's what's so messed up about the whole thing, though. They are people. Actors are people too. Yeah, but I mean, they're sort of. There's finally one article. Jonathan Majors gets some good news after Marvel firing, but it's like, what was what was the good news? Did he win a um, scratch and win for five bucks? Uh, no, it's very unlikely Majors will actually serve any time behind bars. Which, um, uh, and there may be a very solid grounds for an appeal, which is consistent with. I spoke to a couple of defense attorneys about this, and they said that the the texts and the phone call that um made the news everywhere was pretty much what he was convicted of you know the judge didn't let it in at first the judge ended up letting it in because the defense went the defense attorney pushed too hard on the on grace jabari on the stand and so they put it in as you know why maybe she would have lied to the cops the first time around but the media went and reported it as uh, evidence he was confessing to abusing her in the past and if that were true the judge wouldn't have barred it in the first place 
it would have been as missable as a prior bad act. You know what? So, and apparently she said on the stand he'd never been physical before. Uh, you know what I think? Here's what I think. I think we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back and I'm going to tell you what I think. How about that? That's a lot of thinking. I know. A lot of uh, a damn fool book learning got into me. All right. And that, by the way, is a reference to the Waltons as well. Two Waltons references in this podcast. Find me another podcast this week that references the Waltons not once, but twice. All right. Does that think... mean we have to close with Goodnight, John Boy? Yes, we do. Well, now you've All ruined right. the ending, so no. Okay. Um, Spoiler! We'll be back after this. All right, so here's my idea. For these celebrity trials yeah. that get tons of coverage and stuff, I think that the lawyers for celebrity trials should be lawyers, lawyer characters for movies and TV. So, like, Bob Odenkirk defends Jonathan Majors at appeal? Yes, as, as, as Saul Goodman. Um, right. If, if he was still alive, like, uh, Andy, like, Matlock would go in to, like, defend, uh, what was his name? Justin Smollett? Uh, oh, God, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody with Justin Smollett, but... But, but wow. like, I, I think if we're going to have these celebrity cases that become their own... I mean, eventually, sometimes they become their own TV movies. I think they need to have lawyers... That are actually that are not actually lawyers. They're actors who play lawyer characters. Like you know, uh, he's dead now. Raymond Burr. We have him. Have Perry Mason come in for for a case. Like if we're gonna make these things entertainment, I think you need to you need to use uh, characters that are popular lawyer characters. Like imagine Jonathan Majors is up Being there defended he by Tatiana Maslany. No, Matt Murdock. Oh, yeah, he's a, well, he's a criminal lawyer, isn't he? Yeah, you could have Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Get Charlie Daredevil. Cox in there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's, I don't imagine the quality of justice will be any different. Um, I really think that they need to, that they need to have uh, actor lawyers, characters defending people in Hollywood trials. Let's just go right out, you know, balls to the wall, Let's make this just an entertainment product. Well, because that's the thing, right? I mean, the thing that is irritating me so much about the whole Jonathan Majors thing is that it was like people rooting for their favorite sports team, not recognizing that these are people's lives. It was the whole, you know, Me Too versus Black Lives Matter thing, which, yeesh, way to miss the point. Oh, everything these days, though, is about shirts versus skins. Everything's that, about... What team? It's all up. it's all professional wrestling. He was he was convicted of misdemeanor, negligent assault or reckless assault. The jury didn't believe her story, and he still got dropped. And it wasn't because of the conviction. I'm pretty sure it was because. And you know, I've I've talked to some diehards who are like they understand why Disney did what they did because the. The roar of the headlines, you know, Jonathan Majors convicted of assaulting his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, and it's, that's technically you can't... accurate, but it is incredibly misleading. Well, you see, I also wonder if this wasn't a way to retool or redefine or re-aim 
the whole Kang thing that isn't really catching fire, but do it in a way that makes it seem like you are an ally of, uh, you know, uh, abused women or something. The same way in Canada, uh, there's a guy named Don Cherry, a very controversial, long-time hockey commentator on Hockey Night in Canada broadcasts. Now, he skirted... Uh, be skirted sounding xenophobic many times. I I don't think it was skirting. I think he did. People were just so used to it that they let it go. Yeah. All right. I mean, he he was basically your uh, uh your your crusty uncle. I don't say racist uncle. I don't think the guy is actually a racist. But he was your uncle at uh, the family gatherings who sat there and said things. Everyone shook their head because it's like. You're you're living in fi- you're living five decades ago. Right. But everyone was like, that's just the way that guy is. Um, anyway, he uh, when Rogers bought Hockey Night in Canada rights for like ten billion dollars, mm. it was an insane amount. And then weren't able to uh, increase the cost of commercials. Mm. So they weren't able to get the money they thought to support the purchase for broadcasting Hockey Night in Canada. All of a sudden, these guys we're up a creek. You know yeah. that it's a problem when the guy who who orchestrates the deal to buy yeah. Hockey Night in Canada uh, takes, takes off, off. Yeah. goes to Europe to manage a, 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 some kind of a golf tournament. Yeah. Um, anyway, they needed to cut costs. Yeah. Don Cherry was expensive, but they yeah. knew that if they cut him because of costs, they would be detested. So what yeah. did they do? They just gave Cherry a, a rope. And yep. soon as Cherry said something that ran that, that rubbed people the wrong way, right? They could charge in, Rogers could charge in like white knights and say that they are opposed to this kind of racism and so on, and yeah. fire Don Cherry, making themselves seem like they're doing it to be pro-social and progressive, when in right. fact it was basically this was a way to stop paying him because they were losing so much money on Hockey Night in Canada. See, I don't think the Jonathan Majors thing was... Well, there were optics to consider, yes. I think part of the reason was that also he had a reputation, and I don't know if this is true or not. I'm very skeptical. Um, but he had a reputation for being difficult. Now, I have a reputation for being difficult, and so I'm very cautious because difficult is what you brand someone who doesn't assimilate because you know you don't you don't grow up in the same soup that other people do and nobody tells you why what you're doing is so-called wrong well i would also say that at uh, much music uh i was determined to be difficult um and difficult tends to mean when they tell you to bend over and grab your ankles you don't say how fast um yeah and you know, there was stupid things. At, at and I was, I was supposed to rein you in, and then I didn't do it. And so. why? Like, these people, that if we had followed the directions that management at Chum had given us, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Well, I would be... Fromage never would have been a thing. Fromage wouldn't have been a thing. I would be yeah. like Big Mouth Billy Bass. Remember that fish that sang? That's yeah, what people I, would be, they, oh, remember that puppet guy? Uh, if we had followed their dumb, their dumb ideas. They were wrong. And was I insubordinate sometimes? Yeah, I was. You was know, I insubordinate I sometimes? No, always. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, it it was when when management is being myopic, you have to kind of make choices. And so I did go Luke Skywalker with the Death Star sometimes. Well, it's like I knew your, there was going to be fallout. But well, yeah, you just sort of have to stay on target. And you know that they're going to be mad and you know it's going to land on you. But, you know, ultimately they hate me anyway. So let's just hope this works. I um, remember that uh, in order to keep Fromage from being interfered with by this one yeah. particular uh, senior producer oh, who is a pinhead, um, we, because uh, one time uh, submitted the Fromage before it went to air so they could yeah. watch it and got this list of these changes this person wanted. And I looked at them and said, well, these are different choices. They're not better choices. Yeah. So we're not changing it. And it was trouble. But so what used to be done, the strategy was finish fromage the day before it has to air. That way, even if there's things they want to change, there isn't actual time to make the changes. You can't get into the editing suite because they're booked. You, you, it was just they had no choice. It was negative optioning. Air it or don't air it. it and they always aired it because the numbers were huge. That's yeah. what we had to do to keep these idiots from ruining what, you know, to this day, I still hear about as one of the greatest, uh, you know, Canadian shows of all time. Yeah. And I get zero credit from anybody. I always tell people. I know you do, but they don't listen. It's just they think shows just appear. Out of nowhere, wasn't that same guy the guy who ended up doing video on trial? Oh no, no, this was a this was a female. What? No, it was the guy we had to show fromage to. No, it was a female. It was Shea, to... It was it was Shea Guevara beanie baby person. Oh, he must have done it on her orders then, because I remember screening with him and I remember complaining him complaining about lip flap and it being too long. Oh, that idiot, that guy, that cockroach and his, yeah. it's too long, it's too long. Idiot, he had like, okay, it has to be this length of time. Why? It didn't, it wasn't because it had to fit into a particular slot that had this much time. No, uh, like the show itself, the overall show had to be 48 minutes for yeah. if it was an hour. That we understood. We understood how you balanced out each segment before going to a commercial timeline. But yeah. he would say, I remember that time went to snow job in advance. Oh, maybe it was that. I they I never did anything right according to that place. So it may have all that guy's together. a piece of crap. He's out of work now because they cancel Entertainment Tonight Canada. Oh, um, really? Yeah, but he'll he'll bounce back. He'll bob up somewhere. Oh yeah, he'll yeah. He, he's like you know those. You ever had a turd that you you flush and you looked at and the toilet's finished flushing and then the turd sort of bobs back up. Like it, it little peeks out from that little tunnel that they're supposed right. to go in. And then you flush it again and you think it's gone. And then the turd peeks out from that tunnel again. That's this guy. He is the turd that you think's been flushed. And then it just comes out from the tunnel again. That's what this guy is. I remember doing snow job stories and they were always two and a half minutes long. And so I'm out doing these stories, uh, shooting the bits with the people in the uh, wherever the, the city or the town was we went or the ski resort. Mm -hmm. And then I come back, edit them. And this twerp says they're supposed to be a minute long. I said, they were always two and a half minutes. Well, now they're a minute. So this is too long. I said, yeah, to him, all right, it wasn't 
planned for no i said i said watch it i said i'll sit down and watch it you tell me where it loses interest that's not it. it has to be a minute i said you can't i wouldn't have gone you can't do comedy with setup and the whole thing the way we always did these stories in a minute it's just not doable and he uh it, so what did he do he went behind my back behind our back he went to uh a friend who was a producer and got her to edit the things from two and a half minutes to a minute the things i was cleaning out the basement and i had much music on for snow job and oh here comes one of the stories what the hell was that it was hacked it was terrible it made no sense and it looked bad on on me, on you know, you, me, whoever was involved with Ed, it looked bad because there's my face on this thing, not this idiot's face. And I remember he avoided my phone calls the whole weekend yeah. and Monday. And Monday was Ed's big wham bam, which he produced uh, seven o'clock live. And I kept telling him, you better talk to me. You better talk to me. I got a show tonight. You better talk to me. He wouldn't talk to me. All right, I went on the air live. <laughs> And I gave his his full name and told people, I don't know how many times I said his name, many times, I told them to blame him. Oh, was he angry? But you know what? Didn't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. Piece of crap. All right, you know what? Let's go to a break and come back and talk about other stuff. Okay. All right. I, I, do you have any idea what we're going to talk about when we come back? I don't know. I got one thing in mind based on something we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. You sound skeptical. All right, we'll be back. All right, so this is uh, riffing on something I riffed on from riffing on earlier. So but much riffing. Are you aware that they are, uh, when TV starts up again on broadcast networks, they are redoing, rebooting Matlock? I heard. Are you eating something? I am. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> Is I'm it sucking, good? I'm sucking on something because my throat. I, I I was hoarse earlier. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Um, Let me just mute while I do this. Okay, so they're they're rebooting Matlock. Those who don't know what Matlock is, it was kind of a staple of '80s TV. It was one of those very routine, predictable legal shows starring Andy Griffith as like this country folksy lawyer who people thought was kind of, you know, kind of folksy, kind of not that sharp, but he was actually very shrewd. And he always won the cases every week. And it was so schlocky that Matlock became kind of an affectionate punchline for things. And also it was known as a show that old people watched. Um, and now they're rebooting it, but the but Matlock is now going to be a female defense attorney uh, played by Kathy Bates. And it's not, I don't have a problem with changing the gender of the character. It's really not relevant. You can still do the elements of what the show is, but it's going to be one of these more serious procedurals. And the thing that made people love Matlock was that it was schmaltzy, that, you know, it was sticky. And you watched it and it was comfort food because you always knew the beats of what, you know, at 18 minutes, this is going to happen. At 27 minutes, this is going to happen. It was comforting. It never surprised you. It was television comfort food. And they're, it, they're, they're going to lose it with this thing. Kathy Bates is a terrific uh, actor. Um, yes, she is. But bringing Kathy Bates in means uh, she's a terrific dramatic actor. 
So they're mm-hmm. going to want to play up her dramatic skills. So this is going to be something like, why? I, I understand why you call it Matlock. Because there is a cohort of people who watch broadcast TV who typically are older people who will remember Matlock affectionately. And when you're trying to attract attention to a movie or a television show in the world we're in now, where there's hundreds of TV shows and and movies, having a recognizable name, people will be curious. Mm -hmm. So you can get people, you can hook people in because they're curious about how are they handling this now? Where are the characters now? if, If it's not a reboot, but a revisiting. So it will stand out and get people to sample it at least. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, you you know, but people sample it and then like, this is nothing like what I remember. Like Mm -hmm. I uh, enjoy the new, enjoyed the new Magnum series because to me, it felt like an updated 80s TV series. Like it Mm -hmm. it had a, a similar charm to the original without being just a copy of the original. So I, I enjoyed that Magnum. They made changes. I thought that they were they were suitable. And it was a good good show. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you go back a number of years, they relaunched the Bionic Woman. Except she wasn't actually Bionic. She had, her, okay. her abilities were something else. It was like, think nanites or some other things. Um, and you watch it with thinking it may have some of the charm of the original, and it has none of the charm of the original. It just has the name of the original. And that's just going to turn people off immediately. So all the people you're trying to draw in to sample this show are going to be the very ones who are going to turn it off after 10 minutes, never watch it again, and give it bad word of mouth. So why do you not do something that is in the spirit of the original? I mean, I haven't watched the new Frasier because I hate Kelsey Grammer and... Uh, the original Frasier, the best characters were the supporting characters, none of whom are regulars in this new one. Um, but I don't know. Have they, were they able to maintain the rhythms and the clever comedy and patter uh, of the original? What I'm reading is not really. Um, mm-hmm. But at least they didn't turn Frasier into something serious. The only time this ever right. worked, the only time this ever worked, for those, okay, now I'm going deep dive here. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Um, the one of the character main characters was the managing editor of the TV news, Lou Grant, played mm-hmm. by Ed Asner. Well, when Mary Tyler Moore ended its run, they spun Lou Grant off into his own series. At the end of Mary Tyler Moore uh, series, spoiler alert, everyone except the inept anchorman gets fired. So right. he goes to run a newspaper, I think in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they turned that into a drama because the character was able to pivot, still be the same character, um, but the context was different and it worked. And Lou Grant was, it was a great show and actually got canceled because it, um, it made too many points. Uh, about okay. current affairs and stuff, and the, the the networks and the people who ran the networks and their their political friends were like, no, no, you can't be doing that. You can't be telling the truth with television drama. So they killed okay. it. But that's the only time I can think of a character moving from one context to the other, and it's still working. Okay. 
I know that was a lot. That was a very deep dive. Some people listening are like, who, what? Mary Tyler, who, what the? Which is sad because we we know the, the painters Matisse. Uh, we know Beethoven. We know Mozart. We know Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. We don't know Mary Tyler Moore. And there's right. something wrong with this worship of things from the way past when there's things, modern uh, pop culture things, that are a great example of, of its art uh, mm-hmm. and still entertaining to this day. But we, we push that aside, but we still, you know, we still worship George Bernard Shaw. And I'm not saying those things aren't good, but we don't give enough respect. Like maybe in 50 years, there'll be university courses on Gilligan's Island. I can only hope. Okay. I can only hope. Because you know Gilligan's Island was based on classic Itali- uh, Italian uh, comedy, uh, Commedia yes. dell'arte. All of yeah. the characters, the archetypes in Commedia dell'arte, which is right. a classical Italian form of comedy, uh, were the characters in Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, uh, oh, look at the time. We got to go to break. Okay. Come back for our last uh, call. And then you, don't, then you can have your lozenge and you won't have to talk anymore. Yes, I don't have to sound hoarse. All right. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. So, want to hear the worst joke I've heard this week? Sure. On my all-night show, which you guys should be listening to, 94.9 The Rock, The Rock FM or The Rock app, uh, Mm -hmm. midnight to 5 a.m., Monday to Friday, uh, Eastern Time, and also on the weekend, the all-star all-night show which is the be- some of the best calls of the week. So this guy, Chuck, the trucker, he always calls up and his jokes are horrible. But after I, I said, that was horrible, he goes, no, that was a great joke. That was a great joke. People are laughing. And they're right. terrible. So this is his joke this week, okay? What do you call a guy with no nose and no body? Um, no nose and no body? Yeah. I, I don't know. Here's the answer. Nobody knows. Oh, I see. It's terrible. Like, I first said to him, this doesn't make sense because... It, it doesn't make sense. Because your head is part of your body. And I said but to him, so is this no, just a head with no nose? And he goes, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? It's your joke. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you have no body, then you don't have a nose either. Like, it doesn't make any it, it it doesn't make any sense well it's a tautology yes it's a tautology yeah which is a movie series in 10 parts right right yeah no it's not um every now and again i play like i'm stupid just because yeah. it's fun yeah no i mean there's a there's kind of a learn by feel element to comedy that not everybody picks up on it and, and obviously comedy is very subjective too you know what's not subjective? That that joke was terrible. Well, that wasn't a joke. What would you that call the, it? That was the kind of joke that, you know, when you're six years old and you get your hands on one of those joke books at the library? Yeah. And you think it's hilarious, but they're the oldest jokes on the in the planet. It's like that. No, this, this wasn't even a joke. It was a wordplay more than anything. Well, it's nobody... No knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's just Chuck drives a lot alone between Sudbury and Toronto. Right. He has too much time to think of these things. All right. Speaking of thinking, you should be thinking 
of committing yourself to listening to It's Not Therapy. Uh, I will tell you, and I'm biased, but even if I'm biased, I'm it's still true. It go, is to, the... go to Podbean. It is all messed up on all other services. Yeah, go to Podbean. To this, this service that promised to be better and it's not better. Please go to Podbean. The full episodes are there for the last four weeks. It's I just awesome. discovered that three out of the last four weeks are not there which means it's not there on Apple. It's not there on anything. And I'm really angry about it because I don't know how to fix it. I can't fix it. I feel so powerless. Really? I went to the to the website and I found it there, but it's still... I know. I, the, the the description is there, but the file is not. Really? That's, be, that's crazy. Every time, every time I try to upload it, it uploads only five seconds, hits an error. It will not let me upload the file. So the only thing that's there is the definition. It's just the description. It's not the actual show episode. Oh, that's just. Oh. All right. Um, find it's not therapy. It's available on all podcast platforms. No, it's not. It's Except only for... available on yeah. Podbean right now because yeah. it's messed up everywhere. But there's else. 72 episodes, except for four, that are messed up. Check it out. And I already told you where to find me during the week. And uh, I guess uh, uh, Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, Buon Natale, as my friend Rick Campanelli says. Police Navidad. And there's a, there's a satire of that called Police Stop My Car. Um, really? I just learned it this week. And uh, Happy New Year, right, Leanna? Happy New Year. All right. We'll be back in the new year. And now Leanna gets the last word for 2023. Am, am I doing the traditional or I'm doing the adapted that we talked about earlier? I'm going to leave that up to you. All right. Good night, John boy. Bye-bye.